Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Believe in Duke podcast. I'm Steve Weisman, the Duke beat writer from the Raleigh News and Observer. Joined as always by Sheldon Williams, Duke Athletics Hall of Famer, number in the uh, retired in the Raptors, all that good stuff. The landlord Sheldon. It's a beautiful Sunday as we tape this uh, for Duke fans, isn't it? Uh, yes, yes, very much so. I mean, um, I got a little bit of a scratchy throat. I'm not sure if I'm coming down with something. If I was yelling at the TV too hard last night, but whatever it is, I don't care. We won. It was a great game for us, and I'm very excited about you know waking up today. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, um, obviously after what happened at the end of last year, there was a lot of angst among Duke fans about the rivalry in UNC and everything. Uh, you know, you can't take away a loss in the Final Four, obviously, but uh, this was a good start for John Shire. His first his first job, is his first head coaching game against UNC in the rivalry. Uh, the team played very well um, uh, to, to get that win. So uh, just a tremendous, uh, tremendous game uh, Saturday night. Uh, a great atmosphere at Cameron Indoor Stadium, I have to say. Just, uh, you know, it's always great for UNC. And, uh, but it was really, I mean, you know, you, you could feel uh, it. You I mean, it. I felt it through the TV. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure if they spilled some beer that was near you yeah. um, during the game, whatever, yeah. but they had kind of stopped it. And then all of a sudden, the announcers, you know, with Jay and I forgot the other guy, they were talking, but you can barely hear what they were saying. I'm like, man. That energy right there, I can feel it through the TV. And I'm over here, way over here in Atlanta. And I'm yeah. like, I miss those type, you know, environments and everything. But, you know, again, you know, Cameron Curry's are the best ones in uh, playing in front of in the world. They did the job. And, again, Duke is 12-0 and in Cameron this year. Uh, so Undefeated, yep. It makes a difference. It really it really makes a difference for the team uh, in those key moments. So, um, yeah, just a quick reminder that the Believe in Duke podcast is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. They've been a sponsor of the Believe in Duke podcast for a while. We appreciate them. Bet online remains your number one source for all sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs, which we're now down to the Super Bowl uh, this Sunday, to pro college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code believe that's B L E A V to receive your rewards bet online where the game starts. You know, I think we have to uh, begin talking about the UNC game with, um, you know, Jeremy Roach had 20 points, big baskets down the stretch, but Derek lively had a tremendous game, tremendous game, 14 rebounds, eight block shots, only four points, but, one of those baskets was the basket that put Duke ahead for good. That rebound basket. dunk, right? Yeah, yeah, big time basket. Yeah, I mean, it were three guys uh, that really stood out uh, for me. You know, like you said, Roach and Lively, as well as Proctor. Mm-hmm. Those guys, you know, really show well. But if Lively is watching this or listening to this, listen, this is who you have to be. You like forget all the other noise that's going on throughout the whole season, whatever. This is who you are. You no, know, this guy had eight blocks, and like you said, all these rebounds. And was being a rim protector, something that we were sorely, you know, needed. Yeah. Especially against, you know, a very good uh, guy like, you know, Baycott and everything that was, you know, pretty much most of the offense. 
and he kind of slowed them down. And as well as the guards, I kind of tweeted out a little bit. You know, the guards got to you know come in and start digging in on some of these balls and everything because you know Lively is still you know thin, so yeah. he needs to be able to actually you know uh, his length is bothering Baycott and everything, but he's still able to you know kind of get pushed a little bit. But the fact that I saw that Lively played his best game of the season by far. I don't care about the points. It's the effect that he had on the game. And everywhere you, he was at, you knew where Lively was at. And so did the UNC guards and the players as well. And like you said, eight blocks. You know, he has uh, now the record yes. uh, for the most uh, blocks in the you know, Duke Carolina game, which I don't really care about because we won. <laughs> if we didn't win, then I was like, oh, he beat my record and we didn't win. But we yeah. won. And so I'm okay with the record being beaten by Lively. <laughs> That's a good approach. That's exactly right. It's as it should be. Um, you know, Baycott only had two points in the second half and didn't touch the ball in the last 12 minutes. Um, Crazy. Crazy. I mean, they just really just manhandled. I mean, I, you know, you never, never thought it would happen that they could manhandle him like that and take him out of the offense. And that goes to mostly Lively for sure. And for he did sure. it without fouling. We've talked about that a lot this year. You know that was huge. That was huge. I mean, uh, for us, we were throwing bodies at him. You know, Young had him on, uh, got on him a little bit. You yep. know, Flip got on him a little bit. You know, Lively got on him. Like we kept throwing fresh bodies at him. So that kind of you know wore him, you know, warmed down a little bit. And the fact that he's taking his beating over and over again, like he's looking around for a breather. Like hey, you know, somebody yeah. come out, help me. And unfortunately. Um, like leaky back, he he kept hitting that corner three, and I'm like, mm -hmm. why are y'all leaving this guy open? And then uh, Davis, RJ Davis, wind up hit some tough uh, step back threes and some some shots and everything. So I'm like, we just need some kind of separation. And every time we had like you no know, something going on for us, then all of a sudden they come back with a big play. But you know that's what expected, you know, with a a great robbery like UNC and uh and Duke. Sure, absolutely. I think with uh with with leaky black, I think they're happy when he takes when he takes three pointers. He's their worst shooter of the starting five. So I know he kept hitting that corner three. You're right. It was like, Oh my gosh, keeps hitting that shot. But at the end, when it was a four point lead for Duke, leaky black took a corner three, missed it. Flip got the rebound. There we go. So I think that was part of the game plan. I know like Sewell had the scout uh, and Shire. Yeah, I, I saw him celebrating after the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was very happy. Very yeah, happy. Yeah. And I texted him and he's like, how did you know I had the scout? I said, well, I can see your reaction. I know that Shire, uh, Shire gave a little shout out to him to post. Yeah. Game. Yeah. <laughs> he did a great job um, getting them ready. And uh, uh, you know, the offense only shot 39%. So that's a little bit of a step back from recently, but, but they made the shots when they had to, and particularly down the stretch, you know, making those scoring the last six points of the game, the timeout, they called uh, Duke's up two points. Uh, Flip got the offensive rebound. I think there's about 30 seconds to go. Drew up that play. They spread out Carolina, had Roach drive. Roach admitted after the game that Carolina was going to mess up the co communication on defense. Mm -hmm. He had a feeling they weren't talking well. And that was such a huge play for Duke in that game. It definitely. I mean, that was a great time. I, I kind of tweeted out too. Like, that was a great time out for us to have that. It kind of get us, you know, regrouped and everything. And then all of a sudden, Jeremy Roach, you know, get the ball in, the, in our captain's hands. You know, he's been in this situation before against Carolina. He knows, you know, the high stakes and the environment and he went aggressive drive and wind up uh, i think it was a left-hand layup uh, that he kind yeah. of finished up with and, there, and that was the thing that was like you know what I, I was looking watching the game especially during the second half i think with the emergence the emergence of proctor and the ball handling he's done taking over it allows roach to kind of be a scorer and yes. he's taking advantage of that where 
he don't have to worry about, oh, I got to set up the play. I got to get this guy going. I got to do this and I got to do that, whatever. Oh, I can play off the ball. Now my whole thing is be aggressive and score. Yes. And with Proctor over here hitting his shot, he hit a couple threes, be able to drive in the paint, a little floater. He's been emerging the last few games. And now it's kind of come full circle with him where this is who he is now. You know, we, we said the same thing about uh, Lively. We saw it in uh, Georgia Tech. And then we started the the start of um, Wake Forest. But he got in foul trouble. Then he kind of yeah. took a step back. And now all of a sudden he didn't have foul trouble and we saw the emergence of him. So hopefully he takes another big step next game as well. Yeah, so true. And uh, yeah, Proctor's play and growth has been dramatic uh, for this team. And it's been, you know, we knew he was young coming in, obviously reclassified early, came from Australia. Um, I, uh, you know, had heard good things about him in summer practices and was a little surprised, I guess, maybe unfairly when, you know, he started the season a little slower. He seemed timid sometimes. He didn't, his shot was off. Uh, he didn't seem as control of things uh, on the court. But he just needed time to adjust, frankly, and uh, uh, they stuck with him. It's paid off. He played. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the stats here. He played 37, almost 38 minutes uh, in that game, so not much breather at all. Um, you know, five out of 13 shooting, 11 points, uh, five assists, two steals. Uh, he blocked one shot. Uh, he did have three turnovers, but when you handle yeah. the ball that much, right, you know, right. some of that's I mean, going to happen. His, right? He missed his first four shots, and then went five for five after that. Yeah. Which he didn't is, get know, down, right? He didn't right, get right. down. Shows, uh, you know, maturity and everything where he didn't let that bother him. He knew that it's a long game and he kept in it, stayed in it. And all of a sudden the things kind of turned around for him. And, you know, the more you are aggressive, the more things are going to go your way eventually. And we have to point it out again. He's playing against experienced players. RJ Barrett, yes, Davis. Yes. Final four players. Yeah. They're. Yeah. Seniors, junior, they've been around for three or four years in the ACC in these games, and he held his own. Uh, so just, you know, a lot of, and again, uh, throughout the season, we've talked about this, how there's more growth available for this Duke team. And there were times when we weren't sure it was going to come, right? Uh, some of those road losses last month. Right. right. Um, this was a close game at home, obviously, but uh, just such a, um, such a sign of where this team is going. And, how much further they come in the last month. And now there's, uh, you know, eight, eight regular season games left. Uh, as we get ready to turn and look at the Miami game Monday, that's a very tough turnaround. Uh, it's another test we're going to see. Right. And, they, and they, they had a big game the other day too, right? They, they beat Clemson, uh, yeah, Clemson yesterday, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. on the road. So they're coming yeah. from the road back to home. They're traveling uh -huh. home, but they traveled the, uh, they had a, uh, had to travel, uh, to, to get back home. So, but, uh, you know, that's a game Duke beat them. Uh, in Miami last month at home, 68-66. Another group of veteran guards, you know, Nigel Pack, Isaiah Wong, uh, that'll, that'll test Duke. Um, these quick turnaround games, you know, it didn't go very well uh, at Virginia Tech. That was a Monday after beating Miami. Right, right. On Saturday. So I know uh, that's the staff's number one thing. They hate these turnaround games. I mean, they hate them. Everybody hates them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh you know, what What do you think about the, about that aspect of this, about, you know, that quick turnaround for this group? Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the year, uh, we had to kind of take our knocks, you know, a little bit um, as our team was continuing to figure out where they're going to be at and who these individual players are going to be at the end of the day. And now that we are seeing guys like Lively and Roach being consistent and uh, Proctor being consistent, it's more 
of having all these guys being consistent together and coming off of a very emotional game like Carolina, regrouping and knowing that, hey, we're only, I think, is it one game outside of, uh, uh, is it first or second uh, in the ACC rankings? Yeah, Duke is now, um, I'm sorry, I was looking this up real quick. You know, seven and five. Clemson's first place at 10 and three. But Duke is like, is it, I'm sorry, Duke's eight and four. Uh, so they're half a game out of third place. Third place. Right? So NC I mean, State and Miami are both nine and four. Duke's eight and four. We're right there. Like, you know, we're right, right there. We just got to take care of business with the rest of the way. And now that we have players like, you know, like I said, Lively, Roach, and uh, Proctor stepping up, I'm feeling more and more confident as the season goes along because these guys are now maturing into the players that we were waiting for all season long. And, you know, the next two games are huge. And uh, we're talking about the Miami game coming up tomorrow uh, or Monday, Monday night down in Miami, followed up Saturday at Virginia. So these are two boom, boom, you know, tough road games. Uh, Duke, obviously two and four on the road in the ACC, has been better at home, no doubt about it, but uh, played very well the last road game at Georgia Tech. Uh, incredible game that day. Duke's now yes, won yes. three in a row. Um, so the, the wins are there. The opportunity to move up into the top four of the conference is now there, and you know it was something we weren't sure, you know, was going to happen. But the, they're there now. Um, uh, it seems like uh, in that game yesterday, also, you know, he did. Shire did kind of shrink the bench. Uh, Blake's only played a couple of minutes. Young played about six minutes, which is a, a low for him. But I think they realized that uh, this was a game. Baycott just kind of. He was stronger than Young in the first half when Young was in the game. Young had a turnover, I think, down there uh, uh, trying to score on Baycott. So they realized, and obviously Lively was playing very well. Um, Roach played all 40 minutes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> we needed him to. I mean, he, he was a, the, the guy that was getting us going. Like, you know, every time we needed a basket, you know, it's, it's, sure enough, he comes out with, you know, that mid-range jump shot or he gets fouled. Um, you know, he goes aggressive to the hole and gets a, a layup. And I love being on the other side of it because – I hate it being a big going for a block shot on the guard and then hits off the backboard. And then my man comes in to get a dunk and I'm yeah. like, you know, help me out. I mean, I'm helping you help me out. But then when uh, uh, Roach did the same thing and then got lively, that dunk and everything that kind of boosts, you know, boosts our, our morale up and everything. And we were really a young team trying to sit there and wait for that next step. And then when that happened, you could see everybody like, you know, the, the chin, the confidence yeah. went way up. Yeah. Exactly right. I mean, such a big moment and such a such a big uh, uh, play there. Um, you know, one thing I, I do have to mention after the game, Hubert Davis raised a lot of cane about uh, Carolina only shot three free throws in that whole game. And uh, he thought there should have been more fouls called. But they were shooting a lot of jump shots, though. They wasn't going in. Like, Baycott didn't have but went two points in the second half. So, like, right. you can't complain about one thing. <laughs> if you're not driving, you sell them for three. Granted, RJ Davis and Leaky Black were hitting those threes. Yeah. I think even Nance had uh, a couple threes there, but y'all was settling for jump shots. Y'all wasn't really, you know, attacking the goal like that. Right. So, yeah, I mean, there's two sides to that, obviously. And so he <laughs> uh, uh, he was asked, like, he's like, we've shot 150 more free throws than our opponents all season long. How can this How can this happen? Well, you, it's the way you played a little bit. Too, well, right? so. I mean, uh, <laughs> this is the ninth time that Duke has uh, held their opponent below a season, season average. So this is not exactly. something that, you know, is – out of blue or a fluke, you know, this right. is what Duke does when they locked in. And granted, they were locked in, and they had one of their lowest uh, scoring games in Duke Carolina history. And for the first time, 
again, with Shire on the sideline, you know, a lot of people said, you know, because of Coach K, Duke got a lot of calls, all that kind of stuff, right? And, uh, well, Coach K is gone now, so it's not going to be happening anymore. Well, it's still, you know, apparently in Hubert's, it still happened. Is what you can't blame Coach K, right? It's <laughs> maybe it's real. Maybe, maybe the, they weren't fouling. Maybe who knows, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I only saw one side of the blue, so I don't know about the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Very good stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, now again, turn turn to Miami game, uh, the quick turnaround game. Uh, uh, going to be going to be a difficult task for, for the Blue Devils in that one um, because Miami. Again, they're ahead of them in the standings, right? We just talked about that. They are uh, eighteen and five, nine and four. Duke's eight and four. You know, I think there's a chance that this podcast will come out on Monday, but uh, that Duke will move back in the top twenty-five, which isn't you know a huge thing, but I mean, it'd be nice for this team. They've they've shown how far they've come. Miami is in the top twenty-five. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it give us uh, confidence, especially our young guys and everything, to see that because they don't want to be a Duke team that doesn't that's not ranked, you know, most of the year. So if they can actually get into the top twenty-five before the tournament starts, I think that'd be a huge uh, confidence booster for our guys and going into the AC tournament as well as uh, uh, March Madness. And the next two games are against ranked teams because, you know, Virginia, even though they lost right. Saturday at Virginia Tech's top 10 team, they'll stay in the rankings. So. I mean, it's, cra- it's crazy around the whole board. I mean, uh, I think like six ranked teams yesterday lost. You know, like yeah. it's it's crazy all around the board. So like, if you just take care of your own, you can find yourself right there back into the mix of things and that's all we got to do is kind of put our blinders on and one game at a time, just take care of one game at a time. And uh, as far as John Shire, you know, I think he, you know, he's not going to admit there's extra pressure in this game and he's trying to just, you know, coach the team as it is, no matter who they're playing, but there's a sense of some vindication too, right. To, 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 to succeed in that first game against Carolina, um, not the exact revenge again, talk about the games last year. Obviously that wasn't fun for Duke, but, but to stand on his own two feet and say, in this rivalry, I got the win in the first game. Right. I arrived. You know, this is me. Yeah. This is my legacy starting. So, yeah, I was very proud of John. Uh, I even texted him. I was like, hey, congratulations on your first you know, Carolina win. This is huge. You know, celebrate and you know, have a good time with this. But, you know, this is awesome for his legacy as well as the, the staff where, you know, this is the first time without Coach K on the sideline playing against North Carolina. So, yeah, uh, fortunately, it went well for us and then went in our favor. And hopefully, hoping that uh, it keeps going in our favor. Very good. Um, yeah, so uh, we, we'll have another episode uh, coming up later in the week uh, to break down the Miami game and look forward to the Virginia game. This is a, this is a big week for Duke. It's a big week. Two road games. Um, Definitely. Uh, you know, if you want to move out, again, back up in the top four of the conference, uh, two different types of teams, obviously. Miami uh, plays one way, but we know how Virginia plays. Right. right. Um, you know, it's going to be funny. We'll get to the Virginia game later in the week, but I do have to say, you know, Virginia plays that deliberate style. And it's defense first. and um, you know, this Duke Carolina game was 63 57. That's a very low scoring game for Duke Carolina. It's one of the lowest we've seen in a while. It's like a Virginia game. <laughs> That's who, I mean, Duke is a defense first team now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a Virginia game. So we might be looking at a very low scoring. I mean, I think at the at halftime, it wasn't like 20 something to 20 something. Like it was very low scoring at halftime, too. Yeah. 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 I think Duke, well, Duke and Carolina 32 31 or 33 32. Yeah. Was so the halftime it was, score? It was still low. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> Anyway, it's going to be a, a a push for 50 or push for 60 points in the Duke-Virginia <laughs> game. But anyway, we'll bring that down later in the week. So anyway, all Duke fans, uh, thanks for listening to this podcast. We appreciate you. Enjoy uh, enjoy the win over Carolina. You, it, it's, a, it's a well-earned thing. And I know after a lot of angst in the offseason, I'm sure it's good to breathe and relax and know that uh, the rivalry 
It's not dead. How about that? Everybody thought the rivalry died, right? It, it, it definitely is it, not dead. And I was, glad, I was glad to see those students that slept outside for the last three plus weeks. They're able to come in with that energy and get rewarded with the win. So they go out there and burn the benches and the quads and have yeah. a good bonfire type. <laughs> so I'm glad that that happened. It's good. It's, it's, it's a rivalry. It's great. It's, it's alive and well uh, in the 919. So, all right, everybody, thanks for listening this week. We appreciate you. Uh, tune back in for our, uh, look for another episode later in the week as we get ready to break down the Duke game against Miami uh, and look forward to that Virginia game. Sheldon, thanks a bunch. We'll, uh, we'll join you all next time. All right. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.